Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Rise Up, episode 89. We're only 11 away from the coveted 100 episodes. And uh, just to let you know, we're working on a very special guest to have on for that 100th episode. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm glad you're all here. Uh, I see Matthias in the building. How are you? Good to see you. Ray Friesen is here. Hello. God bless you. Good to see you. Amanda Collins is in church this morning for this Rise Up episode 89. Hexlean and Majogo, Mustache, Halloween, uh, Conserve, QV, MAGA Mom, LFA producer in the building, Dr. Goat Kisses, Terry Lynn, good morning. Call you, ladies and gentlemen, who has been cigarette-free and doesn't even want a cigarette. How incredible is that? By the grace of God, Rosebud, Grammy Love, Karen, how are you? Victoria is here. Ashley Garland is here, whom we're going to read something about here this morning as well. We've got Frackman in the building and Nikki, Cousin Girl, and Bumblebee Patriots. Good morning and welcome today. This is Monday, guys. You know this is my favorite day of the week. So we're going to do um, we're gonna do something a little bit different today, too. At the end of the show, we're going to play a different song than we did with the song that we started out with. Why? Because I wanted to start out with this other song today, which to me is like... One of the best, like, spring, summer worship Jesus freak songs that you could actually uh, sing during the uh, this winter to spring transition. I just loved it. I had it playing all day at the outside while I was raking the other day. And, uh, it, but the only problem is it's only like a two and a half minute song. Uh, so I want to play that today at the end of the show. So we're going to be playing that. Uh, we're going to be going through, obviously, all of our devotional books today. Yesterday, we had a special movie here on LFA TV. It was The Case for Christ, the true story of Lee Strobel, who was an investigative journalist and reporter who worked in the Chicago Tribune in the late 70s, early 80s, award-winning, best-selling author and journalist. Uh, What a great movie The Case for Christ was. If you were able to join in yesterday, you know it was a powerful movie, definitely the best movie to show an agnostic or an atheist, uh, it will put it will put to, uh, in perspective everything for them. And if they still, after watching that movie, if they still are not at least leaning towards the fact that God and Jesus are real, then it has nothing to do with facts. It has nothing to do with proof. It has everything to do with pride and not wanting to believe it. That's what it would. That's what would happen if you actually got an atheist or an agnostic or a non-Christian to sit down and watch that movie. It would change their mind completely if they were seeking truth, if they were seeking proof, and if they were seeking um, actual reality. But if they didn't, if if after watching that movie they still are the same way, well then they're not seeking truth and proof because the th- the same process and procedure that we put into place to find out if anything happened on this planet ever is the same process and procedure that we prove of Jesus's existence and not only his existence, but what he did while he was here. And if you deny that, then you must deny any history whatsoever. You must deny our founding fathers. You must deny Caesar, Aristotle, Plato, Hitler, anybody ever existed and did anything ever before you were uh, even thought of. 
And that's how much that movie would put people's uh, perspectives into question that uh, say that they are a non-believer or an unbeliever or that God isn't real or that Jesus isn't real. Incredibly powerful movie, and it gives you everything you need to know uh, as far as trying to evangelize or have a discussion or a debate with an atheist or an agnostic or even somebody who believes in another faith or religion, if you will, because they're all wrong. All wrong. And we can prove it time and time and time again. So for anybody who rejects it after that, that's just a matter of pride and they don't want to believe it. And that's on them after that. But they cannot prove you wrong. Same reason, same way that the um, the left cannot prove that Joe Biden won the election. You can't prove it. We can prove that he didn't. You can't prove that he did. Same thing with Jesus. We can prove that he existed. You can't prove that he didn't. So if you can't prove that he didn't and you don't have an answer outside of, well, I don't have the ultimate answer, but I know you're not right. Well, then you're just ignorant, prideful, and dumb. Because you're not using logic in the same procedures that you would use uh, in the same uh, tools that you would have at your disposal, the same resources. You're denying the existence of of anybody that ever lived, that ever did anything, if you deny after that movie. So an incredibly powerful movie. I hope you guys were able to join in and watch it with me. If not, it is still up. You can go back and you can watch it again on this page. It's called The Case for Christ. Um, By the time I go through this chat slowly to see the names, the show is over with. LOL, says Majogo. I know, it goes quick, right? It does go quick. Amanda said, my son... My son's dad grew up an atheist, but I still pray for him. Good. We should never give up. We should never, ever give up praying for those who are lost. Um, so anyway, let's go to prayer, and then we'll get right into the show today. It is a Monday morning, so we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to discuss. We've got some uh, letters to read, and we've got a, uh, a Facebook post to show you from the LFA family Facebook group. Now, I can't access it, so I had to have Eli uh, put it all in a chat and send it to me. I mean, in an email and send it to me uh, because I can never access Facebook. So anyway, please remove your hats and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God in heaven, so many people have either lost their way, gone off the path, or completely made themselves apart from you, maybe without even knowing it. Lord, those people are called low-hanging fruit. Help us today to get the message out, to get the word out to those who still believe in you but have strayed from you, whether on purpose or whether it was just by accident. Lord, help us reach those people today. So many God-fearing people have lost their way and have lost the understanding that you will take care of everything for them. So many discouraged people, so many sad people out there that believe that you exist, but for some reason have allowed the devil to put a wall up between you and your people. Lord, today help us understand how to not give up. Help us understand how to persevere and let us that have not strayed away from the word of God. 
give us the guidance and the directions to find the people that just need a quick helping hand to bring them back on that path. We pray for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. I titled the show today, Get Up, Don't Give Up. Get up, don't give up. And the reason why is because I am seeing an increasing amount of messages, whether it be direct messages right to me, or whether it be in a comment section on an Instagram post or a Getter post or a Telegram post. If I post something political like, let's say, uh, Joe Biden is guilty um, of having troops on the ground in Ukraine without congressional approval or knowledge, and that's another impeachable offense, and somebody will go, I've just given up. I've just given up. I can't do this anymore. Nothing will ever happen. And those people just give up. They just do. Now, they're believe, they believe in God. They believe that what we need, but they just can't do it anymore because they're not getting the outcome as fast as they desire. There's nothing wrong with those people. You might be one of them. Fatigue. That's what that's called. That's called political and social fatigue. Cultural fatigue. You've been fighting so hard, whether it be online or whether it be out in real world or whether it be a combination of the two, for so long, politically, socially, culturally, spiritually, that you just don't have what it takes anymore. And you give up because you lost your energy source. You lost your source of stamina from heaven. And, And I get it. It's okay. It's okay. But I'll never, ever forget that one line in, that, in uh, Rocky Balboa, the, 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 the sixth movie, where he, his son is older and he's going back into fighting and his son's all mad that he's going back. And he says to him, nobody in this world, nothing is going to beat you and hit you and beat you down as much as life is. But it's not about how hard you can get hit. It's about how many times you can get hit and get knocked down and keep getting back up. Keep moving forward. That is what winning is. And if you allow cowardice to step in in the way of fatigue, in the name of fatigue, then you're losing the battle. And you're allowing yourself to lose the battle. We don't give up. We don't stop. We get up. We don't give up. That is what we're here to do. Now, this morning, in my morning newsletter, I put an analogy in there about a sword that is being crafted by a blacksmith. Now, that sword... is plunged into the fires of hell in order to be broken down and softened up a little bit so it can be yanked out of hell, yanked out of the flame, and then pounded on over and over and over again with a hammer in order to shape it a little bit differently. And then what? It gets hardened Real quick again. So the blacksmith has to plunge it back into the fire. Plunge it back in to the devastating heat. 
so it can be broken down again. And then once it's softened up again, the blacksmith yanks it out of the fire again and beats on it some more with a hammer. That hammer is life. That sword is you. That fire is trials and tribulations. And you need it as a human being. And then they pull you out of the fire and they beat on you again until you harden again. And then they put you back. And this process is done over and over and over and over again until what? Until it takes the shape that the creator of the sword has envisioned for that sword. And then what happens after that? That sword is polished, sharpened. And then it is cared for and oiled and well taken care of. And then what happens after that? Then it is protected. It is put away safely in a leather sheath or a plastic sheath, depending on what it is used these days. And then it, it rests in that sheath until it is needed again. And then that sword of spirit is brought out. And guess what that sword's able to do now? That sword is able to do what the creator intended it to do. That sword has become what it was created to become. And that sword can then do and achieve what the creator intended for that sword to do or achieve. That is you. Now, I know that that might be an analogy that you might have heard before. I know that people go, well, that's just an analogy, and that doesn't have any bearing on on real life and my situation. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The reason why Jesus spoke in parables was so that people would understand exactly what he meant. That right there, that analogy, or that parable describes you to a T. Now, you can be stubborn. You can be proud. You can be difficult to work with. And guess what? You'll just be plunged back into that fire more and more and more until the blacksmith either throws you away because The metal was just not good. It just did not work out. And he starts over. Or he refines you and created you to be what you're supposed to be. One of the two is going to happen. But you will be put in that fire over and over and over again until you either collapse or achieve. You're no different than anybody else. The why me complaint is not valid. It never was. It was always a lie. Because while you're sitting there saying, why me, why me, why me, God's sitting there saying, why not you? Why not you? And why not you? Who are you? Who are you to think that you are so special that you don't have to be plunged into this fire? Of course you do. Who are you? A creature from the dirt thinks that you are so special that you don't have to go through what the rest of the world has to go through. How pompous is that? How arrogant of you is that to think that way? You are not special. 
outside of being a child of God, which we all are if we give our lives to him. So just because you've given your life to God doesn't mean that the hardships don't come. Doesn't mean that you're not going to be plunged back into that fire again. It just means that you don't have to do it alone. It just means that you can be rest assured that if you just soften up enough that the creator will pull you out of that fire and life will hammer on you, but you will become something great. You will become something great and you don't have to do it alone. Even if you are a widow and your children are grown up and gone and you feel like you're stuck in the house with no love, nobody, no, no anything, it's still a wrong way to think. Now you might say, well, that's the way I think. Those are my feelings and my feelings are valid. They are until they're not. And when is that moment? When is the until they're not moment? Well, when the definition of insanity kicks in, that is the until they're not moment. And the definition of insanity kicks in and you go, well, obviously I'm trying the same thing over and over again and my circumstances are not changing and my life is not getting any better and I'm not experiencing happiness, let alone joy. Well, then that is when you need to switch things up because that's the definition of insanity. I'd like to give a big shout out to Renee, Renee, who is in the chat. And I'd like to go and I'd like to read to you a little bit about Renee. Now, we raised some money in the Slurp Fund for Renee. And let's see, I'm just going to pop this up here. See if I can get this picture up here. Here it is. So this picture was sent to us. If I could pop this on the screen. And let me read to you what this says. Hello, family. So I meet up with my friend that I received the check for, and I really wish I could talk to Jeremy on the phone and really tell him how grateful she was. She literally fell onto the kitchen floor in tears. She needed this so bad right now. When the soon-to-be ex left, he took all the internet stuff out with him, and she works from home. He did that out of spite. Left her unable to work and all. I thank you all so much for all you did to help me give this to her and her daughter. I really wish I could talk to Jeremy or if someone would get this message to him. I will email him also. Here is a picture of her and I after giving her the gift. God is good all the time. And I'd follow that up with saying, and all the time, God is good. You see, ladies and gentlemen, what we do here is we make sure that you don't have to be plunged into that fire alone. We make sure that you don't have to go through it with nobody there to help you, nobody there to talk to, nobody there to lean on when you need somebody. Now, ultimately, God wants you to do that to him. But for those who have maybe strayed away or have been plunged into that fire so much, they don't know if they'll ever be pulled out again. There is hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ 
Always and forever. There's no changing that. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can get in the way between you and Jesus unless you allow them to get in the way of you and Jesus. And yes, that fire that you are plunged into is a wall between you and Jesus if you allow it to be. Philly Kid says, Ron Johnston would love to come on the show, Jeremy. Email him at, okay, perfect. That's great. That's the kid that was born of artificial insemination. Uh, to two lesbian moms. So I am going to... So let me... Uh, give me one second here. I'm going to copy that down and jot that down so we have that. Thank you for doing that for me, Philly kid. He was the kid that we showed last weekend. Or I mean last week. Thank you for doing that. I really apologize. I mean, I really um, appreciate, not apologize. Appreciate that gesture that you did for me. Uh, Beth says, we stand in the gap for the providence of God. He responded to my DM on Friday. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, yes, Terry, this kid, uh, Ron Johnston, he goes around spreading the gospel, and he was artificially inseminated to two lesbian moms, grew up with no father, grew up with no God, grew up with no, I mean, well, he grew up with God, God's there all the time, but he grew up with no mention of God, grew up with no gospel in his life, and is now a massive, massive follower of Christ, and spreads the gospel everywhere he goes. It's truly a great story, and I cannot wait. Maybe he, maybe he is who we will have on. For our 100th episode to give his testimony. What do you guys think about that? That would be incredible. That would be, an, that would be a, a wonderful and a powerful 100th show for Rise Up. Now, folks, we only have 800 people here this morning. And the reason why is because so many people get so mad that I share things to them, uh, like on Instagram. I have this thing where I share out to all my Instagram uh, messenger, people who I've messaged in the past, and it goes out to all of them. And so many people are getting so mad that I'm sending things to them over and over again. So all I'm doing is try to bring the water to the horse instead of bringing the horse to the water. So if you guys could do me a favor and send this out, share this out. Usually our Monday morning rise up has about 1,500 people. So I don't know, maybe people are just like, well, it wasn't brought to me, so I'm not watching it. Hence the reason why I bring it to you. Uh, so please, if you could help me, I'll do, uh, do a round of sharing right now. And I want everybody to do this right now as well. Everybody reach up and refresh your show. Make sure your rumble counted. Refresh real quick. I'm doing that right now on mine. And I'm looking down and it says we have 372 rumbles. Okay? We have 915 people watching. Let's get that number up. Make sure your rumble's counted. And let's move on. Now we're going to get into the one minute prayers for dad book. And we're going to be reading from page 47, which is building trust from 1 Corinthians 4.2 that said, it is required of stewards that we be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. What is a dad but a steward, a steward, excuse me, over the children God entrusted to him? That's another thing, uh, that's another thing that gets me is dads that, uh, that are not part of their children's lives and let the mom do everything. 
Hope says, I was wondering why I kept getting messages from you about shows. Yeah, that's why. I don't manually sit there and send it to each person that <laughs> that's on my, uh, on my Instagram. It goes out all together. Um, dads that walk away from their families or that aren't involved in their families. Dads that just go to work and come home and mom does everything. That is not being a good steward of the children that God gave you. Matter of fact, that is disrespecting God at the highest level. He's entrusted you with those children. He's entrusted you with the angels and the souls that he's plucked from heaven and given a fleshly, earthly body. And he wants you to be godlike or like Jesus to that child. He wants you to do what he does to you with that child. And and, uh, dads that don't, Pretty hard, pretty hard to, pretty hard to uh, have respect for those kind of people. I wasn't able to get on my Roku rise up for rise up for twenty minutes in. That's why you come to Rumble right away and don't even deal with the others. I wouldn't even mess around if I couldn't get the show that I wanted to watch. Now we have eleven hundred people in here. That is the power of actually sharing. That is why we ask everybody to do it so very much. I love the caps locks; makes it easier to read. That's why I type in it as well. That's why I type in it as well. But here's another thing, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, I don't think that people understand. If you took government assistance away from a lot of moms, you might find just as many deadbeat moms as, uh, out there as there is dads. Meaning that a lot of moms out there use their children to get government assistance when the dad leaves. And they're not, they're, they're, they're not deadbeat moms because... In order to get that check, they have to do certain things. In order to get that government assistance, they have to do certain things. Uh, You know, like have children. Uh, And a lot of moms do that just for that. So there are a lot of deadbeat moms out there too. But I digress. Though we dads influence how our kids turn out, so does parenting affect how we turn out as men. Because you can learn a lot by being a good parent. As are we good stewards, do we tend to our kids with carefulness required? Are we effective leaders? Are we good role models? These are things we learn in our dad journey, just like we learn things on our journey with Jesus. God, you have made me a steward over my children. What a privilege. Thank you for these treasures entrusted to me. You know I'd lay down my life for these kids. And yet that's not what you've really called me to do. You've called me to live for my children, not lay down my life for my children. Live to be a good steward of the greatest treasure of all. Help me to remember every day that these kids are not only lent to me to care for, least to me, they belong to you, God. Let me ask you a question. Now that we miraculously have 1,200 people. Isn't that amazing, Eli? When everybody actually does their part, look how many people are able to come in and get the word. Goes to show you how many people don't every day. That's another form of giving up. There is no give up, folks. It is always 100 miles an hour moving forward for the grace of God. Or else we're growing cobwebs. Or else we're growing cobwebs. And that's something that we don't want to do. But that last part there, 
They belong to you. How many of you have borrowed something from somebody before? Or how many of you have had to stay in somebody else's house as a guest before? Whether you are on vacation or whether you needed a place to stay because times got difficult. Did you disrespect that person's house while you were there? Did you disrespect that person's tools that you borrowed? Did you disrespect that person's car when they lent it to you? You don't send it back with no gas in it and cigarette burns in the seats, do you? You don't use somebody's home and then leave it an absolute mess and a trash dump, do you? No. You don't break their tools and then give it back to them broken. If you do, you buy them another one, don't you? So why would you do anything bad to the children that God lends you to be a good steward of? You wouldn't. And if you do, then you are doing yourself, them, and God a massive disservice. A massive disservice. Please rumble the video. And it ends with, I will be a good steward, Lord. I will be a good steward. Think of it that way, moms and dads. Think of it that way. Your children are on lease to you. They're on loan to you. How dare you beat them? How dare you abuse them? How dare any of these people get drunk and molest them in the middle of the night? What is wrong with you people? Not you watching. But those who do that to children, the pedophiles, all of it. What is wrong with you? Calling your kid worthless. Calling your kid anything but a blessing. And I've been there. I've done it. That's how I know it happens. That's how I know some of you have done it. But if you're still doing it, stop it today. Cut it out. Knock it off. Have some, have better judgment than that. Respect people more than that, especially your children. And that goes for not be having nonsense swearing around them when you don't need to. My wife and I have done it many times. Rosebud, that's a perfect saying, and I've seen that saying so many times. Hurt people hurt people. That's exactly right. Hurt people, people that are hurt, hurt other people. Hurt people hurt people. Exactly right. We are now up to 457 rumbles. Thank you very much. I want to read this to you. Because we prayed for Dorothy's daughter, Leslie. So let's read her correspondence back. My daughter, Leslie, is doing great. She and I have high pain threshold. Her surgeon came out to me and out of kindness was irritated she didn't do this sooner. All day we had problems getting admitted. It turns out her gallstone was the size of a golf ball 
and gallbladder was so inflamed. She had minor bleeding, but needed no blood, no infection. We are both switching to bloodless surgery because vaccinated blood could be used. I did months ago when I realized that. She wasn't able to sign paper as the lady in charge was gone, but God protected her. Easter was a unique experience this year. A second concerned issue. Hoping, Jeremy, you will pray about and express what God says to our LFA family about going to metal money. I have no way to buy silver or gold, etc. My annuity doesn't do that, and I can't do my, I can't do my pension. I'm praying God will take care of this for me and others. Being a widow and an orphan on top of this, he promises to help all in need. He cares for the sparrow. I am fighting fear as all Christian programs push it away and say we, we need to. To me, one program seems to gloat. I think they need to have something to share what God says to them about this for those of us. As we know, we could lose everything. We all can't afford some or anything advertised, and I'm trusting to God to provide what we need. I have no chance right now and pray I don't... I have no chance right now and pray and don't feel God is saying, quote, you need this or do this and that now. It's an individual thing with God, right? This is just her talking to me about, you know, life and about the sponsors we have and about things that we tell people they should do. And I'm I'm reading this because it kind of goes into the don't give up. Get up. Don't give up. I feel close to you and Jeremy. This is her speaking to Sabrina. And I'd like to hear from you personally. I'd give anything to volunteer what I can do, and it sounds like correspondence and working in the shop. As long as I can, I'd need a place to stay. I'd pay my ticket. I'm in Washington State, but could help. So this is a person whom we've reached out to to a few people and said, hey, we might have um, we might have some stuff for people like people that are in real, you know, people that are at home, widows, maybe moms, stay-at-home moms, older people that might be able to help and pitch in and earn some extra money. We might be able to facil- facilitate doing that for some people, and this is one of them. And I'm just reading this because it's correspondence back. You're both so real and God and love God and us sincerely. And he's talked personally to me on TV more than he realizes. When I lost my police officer husband, he was so tender. It was when they first got so bashed and it was near our anniversary. I have to watch Jeremy as he reminds me of a special brother in heaven who made me laugh. We all need healing together. She goes on to talk about her and her husband celebrating their 50th anniversary. She talks about how she can't see her three grandchildren for unfair reasons. She says, I know this is too much for Jeremy on his programs, but maybe he's good at shorting it like my precious husband could. Thanks for reading my letter. So you want to know what this is all about, folks? Reason why I read that and kind of took out chunks of it. Everybody is going through something painful, something terrible, something physical, something horrific, something spiritual, something emotional. We're all going through it. But we find... We find um, We find fellowship, we find love, not only on Life from America, but here on Rise Up too. And I just see so many people in so much pain. And and, and I remember two weeks ago when I told you that me and my wife were driving down 
We were out shopping. We were coming home, and I saw so many people in pain. And I said, I wish I could help everybody. And I said, there's no, re- there's no way to financially help everybody. There's no way to even pull everybody up out of what they're going through. But there is somebody who can, and that is Jesus. So when my wife said, the only thing that you can do is spread the gospel. Well, after watching Lee Strobel last night, and after watching The Case for Christ for like my 10th time, I got something out of it uh, that I really wanted to bring over today. And that was, ladies and gentlemen, you and me, we can't save anybody. There's not even one person that we can save. But yet we want to. We want to be, we want to save everybody. Lee Strobel, when he finally gave in and he says, okay, God, you win. You win. He then wanted to tell the world what he experienced in giving up, giving in. Not giving up, but giving in. And why did he give in? Because he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't do it. He couldn't disprove God. He couldn't disprove Jesus. He didn't know anything about Jesus and God other than what he was able to prove to himself about the existence of Jesus and God. He didn't know anything about scripture, but yet he immediately started writing a book. How can you do that? How can you do that? How could he write a book about Jesus and about God having no knowledge of Jesus and God Outside of his experience giving in to God. He didn't give up. He gave in. And in giving in, he was allowed to get up. For the first time, he was free. For the first time, he broke his shackles. For the first time, he broke his chains. For the first time, he was unleashed. He was let go out of that mental and spiritual prison he was in. And all he wanted to do was share it with the world. So he immediately started writing a book and he probably couldn't even have quoted one piece of scripture. How is that possible? It's possible with God. So everybody asks, how do we do this? How do we get together? How do we work as a cohesive team, as a unit, to make sure that there's nobody out there who feels the way that Dorothy felt or Leslie feels or that Ashley's friend felt or that we feel you know, day in and day out? It's with God. It's with Christ. It's the only way you can do it. You know how many people are miserable every day? How many people that you do you know are miserable every single day? Miserable. Literally like the biggest pessimists you've ever seen. I can tell you that I know about three people every day that are that way. I could name three people every day in my life that are that way. See the worst in everything. See the bad in everything. Don't see the good in anything. Don't see the glass half full. See the glass is half empty. That is their own fault. If you know somebody that's living that life like that, they are causing their own problems. Oh, when it rains, it pours. Why does everything happen to me? Yep, just like I figured. I knew that was going to happen. Do you know somebody like that? Do you know somebody like that? Do you know why they're like that? Because of their own pride, their own ignorance, their own rebellion, and their own... unwillingness to give in. Because they see giving in as giving up. That's what they see. They see giving in... As giving up. And they think 
that they are the center of the universe and that nothing else bad in the world happens to anybody else but them. And then if they find out something did happen bad to somebody else, they gloat or it makes them feel happy like misery loves company. Well, serves them right. They shouldn't have been a scumbag. Serves them right. They shouldn't have been a loser. Serves them right. Shouldn't have been a whore. No compassion, no heart, no care in the world for anybody but themselves. Oh, and here's the other thing. Here's another thing that they'll do. And whether you could call these people narcissists, whatever you want to call them, but I'll call them ungodly. I'll call them people who are so apart from God that there is no hope for them. Until they give in to Jesus. No matter, you can give them all the money in the world. You can give them the best wife. You can give them the best husband. You can give them the best job. It wouldn't matter. Everything would still be bad in their lives. Why? Because they have no hope. They have no God. They think they can do it themselves. Until they die lonely, depressed, feeling worthless, regretting everything. Do you know what a Christian never does? Regrets. A Christian never regrets their past life because they know that's not who they are anymore. If you still have regret, it's because you've not given in to Jesus yet. You've not given it over to God yet. Could be some of you. Still, do, you regret, do you regret not being a better parent? Do you? Then give it over to God and get over it. A Christian, a real Christian, has no more regrets. They are happy with everything that they've experienced in life. They're happy with every hardship. They're happy whoever, that everybody screwed them over. They're happy with all the people that they got in arguments with and fights with. They're happy for all the hate they had and harbored in their hearts. They're happy that they are no longer that. So if they're happy that they're no longer that because they have joy and they have hope, then that means, ladies and gentlemen, that they have no regrets. Now, I still had regrets just a few weeks ago. But man, have I experienced a lot in the last couple weeks. I have experienced a lot in the last couple weeks. And I'll tell you, last night when we were watching that movie. Oh, yes, Jeremy, but my kids tell me they had good childhoods. But there are days I feel I could have done better, especially in anger. Oh, I get that. I get that. Oh, there's things that I wish I could have changed. But regret is something different. Regret comes with an anchor. Do you allow it to anchor you into feeling terrible? Regret just doesn't... This is not regret. If you say, man, I wish I would have done that different. That's not regret. That's not regret. Regret comes with depression and loneliness and an anchor that does not allow you to move on and say, I'll do better now, or I'll do better next time, or I'll teach them how to do better with their kids. That's wisdom. Fine line between, I wish I could have done that different and regret. Regret is so, regret is a devil, a tool of the devil. Regret is you trying to walk and somebody holding you by the back of the collar or the pant waist or the waist of the pants or the belt and not letting you go. That's regret. I don't have that anymore. You shouldn't have that anymore either. Give it to God. That part last night. 
on the case for Christ. In the whole movie, you see him just mad, just so mad, so upset, yelling at everybody, treating his wife like absolute crap, telling her that because she is a loving person now and because she's accepted Jesus, that he doesn't want to be married to her any longer if that's the case, if that's the way she's going to be. Yelling at his child for saying, Daddy, don't be mean to Mommy. And he says, go to your room. What are you doing up right now? You don't need to be down here. Being rude to his child when his child was just trying to help their mom. But then when he changed. When he left his old self behind and became new. Do you remember what he was doing with his daughter? Daddy. Look what I can do. She reached up and she was able to reach the sink lever or the handle and turn on the water. You know what he didn't say? He didn't say, that's good, honey. He said, what can you do? Show me. And he stopped talking and he walked over there and she showed him and he picked her up and he loved her and he swung her around like a dad should do. And he gave her encouragement and inspiration and love. And he wanted to tell the world about his transformation, but yet couldn't even tell you one Bible verse. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of Jesus. Sharon says, God has been so good to me, but I still have problems. Lots. But I know he's there. Pure peace. Recognize it. Give it to him. And move on. Do you guys remember the, uh, the analogy that I gave you months ago about the problems of the day are like somebody dropping bricks into your backpack and you having to carry it and carry it. And every, every hour or so, somebody drops another brick in there until by the end of the day, the, the bag feels 10 times heavier than it actually is because it's been weighing you down and getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And if it's just one brick, it doesn't feel that much heavier while it's being dropped in. You're like, oh, I can handle that and I can keep going. And then an hour later, somebody drops another brick in and the brick might only weigh like two pounds. So for you, two pounds, is it nothing? And you're like, oh, I got it. I can keep going. And then by the end of the day, your backpack is so full of bricks that it's caused you pain that you did not think that you were accruing. Remember that analogy? But remember what I said. If you have Jesus with you day in and day out, Jesus, when somebody throws that backpack in and says, there you go, the devil says, how do you like that? You didn't notice it. You thought you could handle it. You thought it was just a little bit of weight. You thought it was just a little brick and you could keep moving forward. But that brick compounding on that brick compounding on that brick, it's going to hurt your back later on. It's going to get you to pull a muscle. It's going to get you to have inflamed muscles or whatever. And by the end of the day, you're going to feel absolutely worn down and beat. But guess what? Not only that, tomorrow you're going to wake up. You're going to pick that bag back up again. You're going to dump that bag into a bigger bag and you're going to keep carrying. And then we're going to add more bricks in and until you learn to give those to take those bricks out you're going to get heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier but if you've if you've got jesus with you if he's walking with you day in and day out and you can say every time somebody drops in a brick jesus you want to get that you want to get that brick back out of there for me jesus goes i got you and he takes the brick and he throws it back out that's having jesus that's having jesus
Just got rid of some of my weight. Gave notice to one of my three jobs. Wonderful. Wonderful. Empty the backpack, Amanda says. It's that simple. It is almost so simple. One might ask, why wouldn't you do that? Because of pride. Because of pride. That's it. Pride goes before the fall, right? I don't believe in it because I don't want to believe in it. I don't want to give it over to God because I don't believe that Jesus exists. Okay, well, you keep going on believing in absolutely nothing because you don't have an answer. I'll go on believing in something because at least I have an answer and not even a made-up answer. An answer that's backed by evidence and proof and eyewitness testimony. The same thing that we judge and write down in history what happens with everybody that ever lived that did something of, an, uh, of achievement. You keep going on believing in absolutely nothing and living a life of pain and torture and regret and anger and I'll go on li- believing in this and living a happy life. There's no greater contrast than that of Lee Strobel and his wife in that movie. She was a hopeless atheist along with him in that movie. She became a hopeful Christian, and look what her life was. Filled with happiness, filled with joy, filled with love. His his life, filled with distrust, filled with dishonor, filled with disloyalty, filled with rude and, 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 and terrible things he said to his wife, filled with drunkenness, filled with anger, all because of Pride. And she never gave up. She only gave in. I want to go read the verse of the day today. Verse of the day. Two verses. They both come from Proverbs. I said, good morning. I pray that the start of your day is filled with love and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that you are experiencing peace as you read this. Sometimes it's best to put on some light piano music and read scripture. That's what I do every morning. It allows you to realize how much you are letting the things of the world get to you, bother you, and weigh you down. Today, let's focus on drawing our energy from God, and then let's get up and let's take care of the things that we've been putting off or that we have given up on. Verses of the day today come from Proverbs 24.10 and Proverbs 24.16. I'll read Proverbs 10 first. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. If you faint in the days of adversity, sound familiar? Then your strength is small. And then Proverbs 24.16 says, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today, but I have a very special song for you to end the show with today. This is my new favorite song, at least if it's a beautiful day out and I want to get out there and I want to just tackle the day 
and do it with God, with Jesus. This is my new favorite song. It's by Brandon Heath. It's called See Me Through. And I have a feeling this might be your new favorite song too. So thank you. And remember, Sean Farish and Ungoverned is coming up next, followed by Yours Truly with Live from America, followed by Mike Crispy and um, Unafraid. Ungoverned, Live from America, Unafraid, back to back to back. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless each and every one of you. It's time to let God see you through it. Let go, give in, don't give up, get up. God bless you. Have a great morning. Things are getting real, Jesus take the wheel, only way I'm getting to the other side. Days are getting dark, life's a little hard, blinding but I'm trying not to lose sight. I don't got this, I know you got this, yeah. And I believe it before I see it. See those smiles on your face, here we go. I know you're gonna see me through it, if anybody can, you can do it. God, I know in the trial, in the Who am I gonna call? The one who put it up there in the first place Full scale attack Devil on my back Better lace him up and go put on my game face I don't got this I know you got this Yeah And I believe it before I see it Ready guys, we're gonna sing together, come on I know you're gonna see me do it If anybody can, you can do it Gotta know in the trial In the day, in the wrong You're gonna see me Rock bottom, prayers in the air. Come if on, you got them, I got.